Hi everyone, it is Fem on producer and co-host Ria here. I am here to introduce Disney Discussions, which is a podcast I do with Mike and Megan of Genuine Chit Chat and Dan of Spider Dan and the Secret Boars. Basically every episode we choose a Disney category and then we sit and watch those films and then we chat about it and have an awesome time. It's pretty good fun, so we've decided to release it on Fermon as well as on Mike's channel and Dan's channel. And I really hope you enjoy it. We have a wonderful time doing it. We laugh a lot and it's really good fun. Welcome to Disney's Gossions. Hello, and we're back with another Disney discussions coming at you like a ray, like a beam, like a shark, like all of the good things uh, coming at you. And this time, it's my choice. And we're getting weird, we're getting funky, and we're getting real live flesh people in Disney films. We're talking underrated live action. Not the cartoons, none of that, but real people giving it large, giving it all of the beans. And we're going to be talking about four different films. We're going to be talking about Bedknobs and Broomsticks. We're going to be talking about Sky High. We're going to be talking about those Freakiest of Fridays, the 2003 version. And then the other one, Holes. Um, and yeah, so we're back. Welcome back, everybody. Rhea, Megan, Mike. Uh, we're back again, uh, reunited in another wonderful, wonderful, truly wonderful reunion. How are we all feeling? I thought we'd watch the wrong film <laughs> when you started that. Oh. I was like, are we doing the zombie movies by Disney? Oh. I was like, we've watched the wrong movies, Mike. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> Had you just... planned that opening? You just come out. I don't know. Uh, I like the beans part. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm full of beans. I'm full of beans today. Uh, beans. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. So whatever mm. is here and here in the in the in the brains and coming out of the words of the mouths is is what you get. So unfiltered, uncut, <laughs> unfiltered, uncut. This is why I edit mine so severely. <laughs> it would just be a lot of that kind of shit coming out. Like oh talking my god, about the flesh. It needs, it needs to be. Yeah, he's talking about the flesh again. Fucking got that out. <laughs> That's not Disney content. He's cutting about talking about flesh, fleshy bits. Um, but yes, we're here again. Um, I wanted to do live action because I think sometimes we forget about the live action because the the animated stuff is so iconic, so important, and you know, I, and in in a way, it doesn't age quite as badly as maybe some of the live action stuff does. But also, I don't think it's given like. It's fair do sometimes. I think there's some really good, underrated live action Disney stuff, and I think we do tend to forget and kind of put that to one side a little bit in favor of the more iconic animated stuff, which we've already talked about multiple times and will do in the future. Um, but yes, I don't know how you guys feel about Disney's live action stuff. It's weird because when you say Disney live action, I think most people think Mary Poppins, and I think Flubber. But I've only seen Flubber like once ever, so I can barely remember it. I think Disney Love Action, Flubber. Do you know what happens in it? Robin Williams? It's a bit of and, green goo. And he's kind of wears glass at some point, I think, the the Flubber. 
I'm and sure he plays he plays basketball. I remember that. Yeah, so I was like, I don't know why I think of of that. It's kind of like the whole Michael J. Fox. Oh yeah, from Team Wolf. <laughs> you back to the of all the, of all well, the ones too. you think of. Of yeah, all the ones too. you think. Um, but yeah, and if anyone's watching on video, you'll see my chair <laughs> my has chair lost is all of the. Gradually, <laughs> a minute ago it went, and I just stuck, and I felt maybe <laughs> jump. So you'll see me at different chair heights at this time. I'll try not to let mm. it interrupt the podcast again. So when, where Me- Megan physically slides, your chair is sliding. Yeah. To accommodate. Could we do this? Equally. Yeah, even each other out. Mm, yeah. It yeah, has absolutely. to be balanced. She just sabotaged mm. my chair. That's really what happened. Mm. No, but I didn't know, did I? <laughs> Balance. Get into Thank again. you for that. Balance it. <laughs> Ballot, we we can't get into Chairgate again. We, we spent a good <laughs> half an hour on that uh, before we even started. So, <laughs> but yes, live action, live action. So actors acting live in front of a camera. Um, I know Disney's going through a few, um, well, all of actors, live actors are having some difficulties at the moment. Uh, but we're going to talk about some modern classics and some classic classics, I guess. Um, all all of your picks are like around about the same age. I'm I'm like showing my age because clearly I'm over fifty years old. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, where where do we want to start? Who wants to well, go? Well, yours is the weird one. Mine's got, the weird. And you're saying Wait, so is, many. Which one was Dan's? Uh, Bedknobs and broomsticks. To be fair, I would have picked that if it hadn't already been chosen. Oh, all right then. Really? Because uh, that's interesting. Because I would have picked yours if you hadn't already chosen it. Uh, also, oh, I wouldn't have picked also, any of yours. <laughs> I couldn't pick the other ones that I wanted to pick because we're going to do a episode on those. Because oh. it's yeah, so you know, all connected. Interesting. We're, we're all we're all in the same mindset uh, talking about the flesh again. Um, <laughs> we are one brain. Yeah, we're all one. <laughs> we're a hive mind. Uh, well, I, I guess I could talk about bedknobs and broomsticks then if we're all up for that. Mm-hmm. I'll lead it. I'll lead it. Bed knobs and broomsticks. What other film could you see which has a witch fighting off Nazis with the powers of Satan in a Disney film? And you've got a young lad talking about his knob and what he's going to do with it and how he uses it, and also some casual sexism. It's a film for all the family. <laughs> um, so, this film, um, I, I picked this film because it has a real kind of, um, has a strong familial connection to me because I used to go around to my grandmother's and we used to spend a lot of time there. My mum worked a lot when I was younger, uh, being a single mum, and we would spend a lot of time with my grandmother, my dad's mum, as well as my mum's mum. And we would, my sister and I would argue and fight and fuss and and you know, tear chunks out of each other. And we got on, uh, we, we got on like a house on fire. Absolutely. Uh, no, we had, we had a lot of issues with each other. Um, but there's two films that we would put on at my Nana's and we would all sit down and we would all enjoy. So one was Wizard of Oz and the other was Bedknobs and Broomsticks. So this, uh, I didn't realize, I always felt like this was like a spiritual sequel to Mary Poppins because it has a lot of those similar kind of beats. The music's quite similar. The characters are somewhat similar. Young children, magical older lady, slightly domineering, you know, uh, and then uh, and then the same actor from both of those films. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Banks is the the uh, uh, Amelius Brown in this, Professor Amelius Brown. Um, so we would all sit down and we all watch these and enjoy and there's fun and it's bouncy and there's some real good character. I think the character, the children in it are really good. They've got some really strong characters. Um, I've I've always really enjoyed it. I think there's a lot of fun to it. 
Um, and I didn't realize how directly connected they were to each other, the two films. So um, initially, um, Pamela Travers, who wrote um, Mary Poppins, if you've seen Saving Mr. Banks, another very good Disney film, you'll know the kind of story of that and and how she wasn't entirely keen on her book being adapted in certain ways. Um, so there was a bit of argy-bargy there. So at the time, they also bought the rights to Bedknobs and Broomsticks, and they were going to – they were talking about maybe developing them in develop developing that instead of Mary Poppins and uh it didn't quite happen because they didn't think they had the budget or the technology to do it so they put it to one side um one of the sequences in um Bedknobs of Broom 6 the bobbing along sequence is from Mary Poppins they because they couldn't do it for whatever reason so they decided to put it in here um Julie Andrews they asked to come back for this role of Eglantine she did not, and then Angela Lansbury got the role. Again, the same actor who plays Mr. Banks comes back. And and yeah, so there was it was kind of always a little bit connected. So I kind of enjoyed the the weird kind of half connection it has. Um, but I I've I've always been a fan. I think it's a lot of fun, it's got a lot of elements um that I've always enjoyed. Uh, the animation, the mixing of animation as well. I think some of the special effects still hold up. Not perfect, but I think some of them are, are quite groundbreaking for the time as well. But I think overall, I think people overlook this because Mary Poppins was so beloved. But I think people should give Bedknobs and Broomsticks a chance. <laughs> the tiniest you... little clap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yet>. <laughs> it's gentle. Uh, it's gentle. <laughs> Uh, what do you? What did you guys think of uh, Bedknobs of Broom Six? Had you seen it before? Do you want to go first, Rhea? Because I don't think you've said a word yet. <laughs> it's fine. I was just. I was like, I've not prepared this much about the film that I chose. In fact, I've come into this with no notes purposefully because normally I write pages and pages of notes and then ignore them. And now I'm slightly panicked <laughs> that for once I'm like, I think I should have done some notes. Rather, <laughs> just enjoyed watching the film. Um, so I remember Bedknobs and Broomsticks from being a kid um, and it wasn't a film we had in our house. We watched Mary Poppins. Bedknobs and Broomsticks was one of my neighbours and I was friends with the, with the children and they loved it. Like Their mum was like a Disney, a hardcore Disney fan and they just had every single Disney film as soon as it came out. Like every weekend they would watch one on the Saturday and one on the Sunday and so I remember seeing Bedknobs and Broomsticks around theirs. I didn't like it when I was a kid. Um, I was just kind of did think it was a bit of a crappy Mary Poppins. Um, I think it has some issues watching it now. I think, I mean, we watched the longer version, uh, Mike, Megan and I. <laughs> the longer version. And I was a bit by the end like, okay. There is a lot that could have been cut out of this. The scene where they're playing soccer, football, thanks, we're in England, um, was, I was like, why is this happening? I need this to end. It is going on for like 45 minutes or something. I genuinely was like, this is never ending. But the rest of it's like really charming, despite the sexism, despite the fact that there are Nazis in a Disney film. Um, 
Also, I appreciate how they are the shittest Nazis ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> like, the worst Nazis. I was like, yes, down with the Nazis, obviously. Mm. Um it's a weird film. I like I know you're I know you're trying to claim the Dan, Spider Dan, I choose weird things, mm-hmm. but I think it's more charming than weird. Charlie, you said about the child actors. Charlie, no time for that kid. Which one's Charlie? The, the, one. older, the older. Oh, oh he's oh, a fucking yeah. brick. God. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, he is I don't annoying. Know who cast uh, this kid or thought that this would be a good character to have? But I literally cannot cast stand Dick him. Van Dyke, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. They're like you know, Dick Van Dyke was so good in Mary Poppins. Let's do this. Kid or something. Like I was that, like, oh, that's a convincing it, Cockney accent you've got there. And every time he spoke and was on the screen, I was just like, oh my God, somebody needs to kick this kid out. Um, that's the polite thing I was thinking. Turn him into a rabbit. Poor child. Turn him into a rabbit. Yeah. I love the rabbit Um, effects. I love the rabbit effects. I loved the bed traveling Mm. and like the weird sort of like 60s, 70s sort of like color flashing stuff. I just absolutely loved that. I thought it would, you know, and I think that all lends to the charm. I think, hmm. I think the mix of animation and real life didn't really work as well as Mary Poppins, and you can tell that they didn't love this film as much as Mary Poppins. Um, stop adjusting the chair, Mike. I want to see you slowly sink down. Come on, <laughs> I've just said to him to just stop doing it because he's just going to keep falling down. <laughs> Sorry. Just sit on your legs. Do something like that. I did think I'd get a cushion or something, but I won't. I don't want to. I've already disrupted when I was trying. You've just got to make it about you, haven't you? (laughs) I do. Um, Yeah, you know, I don't think it works well. But I also think that's looking at it from 2023, you know. Mm, like I remember as a kid thinking it was really magical, you know, and when they're under the ocean and all of that sort of stuff, that was the sequence that I liked the most. And if that was on when I was around my friend's house, that would be the sequence I'd engage with. But, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, the I'm laughing at Mike because it is amazing. Uh, <laughs> but the yeah, I, I I would say it was my least favorite out of these four, but not in a bad way. Mm. Not because I hated it. Not like when we watched like the actual terrible films. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this was enjoyable, if not a tad over long. And I felt sad that it hadn't had as much love as Mary Poppins. Mm. I mean. Angela Lansbury, just, oh, my gosh, just wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. wonderful in this film. Mm. I was like, you forget because you've got Angela Lansbury in your head as who she is as well. You forget, like, how just, like, charming and charismatic she's. Although, you know, that is, funny enough, what works in her later roles. But, mm. like, I just thought she was just, and I love the way she talks to the kids, and she's so mean to them to start with. <laughs> <laughs> loved it it's like we need more female protagonists who are just mean to children because they're ruining her witchcraft (laughs) Uh, megan hello um i love this film this is one i i really really like this film i i used to watch this film a lot when i was younger and when i think of angela lansbury i think of bed knobs and broomsticks um or i think of jessica fletcher but i used to watch that on like reruns when I was living in Italy. What show? <laughs> so, Murder She Wrote. You just said the character name, so American listeners will be like, "Who on earth is that?" Jessica Fletcher. They'll know. They'll know Jessica. Yeah, Fletcher. yeah, they know Jessica Fletcher. I did. Yeah, right. It's yeah, an Ameri- well, it's an American show. Yeah, yeah. Is it? But is she yeah. she's British though, isn't she? 
She is, yeah, but the show isn't. Yeah. Set, set in America. Yeah. That explains why. I probably haven't seen it. Just oh, catch wow. it. Wow. Have, have you seen Murder, She Wrote? Sit your I ass down, Mike. No, sit, I think I've... Sit yourself even lower down I, than you I, already I, are. I've seen bits and pieces, and just like I've seen bits and pieces of like, oh, was it Midsummer Murders? All those kind of things that were on in the daytime about villages and people murder. dying. <laughs> just murder, murder in general. Anything just, murder just like in the title. Touch of Frost is another one. Like, I've seen them all bits and pieces. Yeah, but in various ways. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but I, I I grew up watching this movie, um. So bobbing along is like a song that always brings back like nostalgic things. That and Portobello Road. So yeah. before Portobello Road came on, I was going Portobello Road, and I was singing it. And Mike was like, "Why do you keep saying that?" And I was like, "You'll find out," because <laughs> he'd not seen the film. And I was like, "You'll find out." Mm. And he's like, "Yeah, but why?" He was like, why are you talking about a mushroom? And I was like, I'm talking about Portobello Road. And I was like, the road in London, <laughs> the massive road that has a big market on it that you will see in this film very shortly, Portobello Road. It's and then mushroom. my brother, <laughs> yeah. And then my brother rang me um, about what I can't remember, but I was like, oh yeah, we're watching Bedknobs and Broomsticks. And then immediately he went, Portobello Road. <laughs> and Mike yeah. could hear him in the background. And he started laughing. I was like, come on, Mike, sort it out. So it's Portobello Road. Yeah, he'd never heard of the market in London or the road in general, yeah. which is pretty strange. I thought that's where you'd buy mushrooms from. <laughs> it's the only that place. That's only only what Portobello thought. mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> you buy a Portobello Road. Yeah, maybe they used to grow them there. I don't know. Portobello Road is where you can buy mushrooms. That's the, <laughs> end, of, that's the end of the song. That's it. That's it. It'd be a lot better if that was the end of the song. <laughs> yeah. No, I I like this film. I think, but I. I I think because we watched the longer version, obviously it does feel longer. Yeah. Um, and I think I also fell asleep at parts, didn't I? I got snoozy. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it is, it is a film oh, about a bed. So, so yeah. you've, you've seen people <laughs> get in the bed. I can understand why someone would fall asleep. Yeah. But, you know, I'm with Rhea. I find the eldest kid really, really, really irritating. Um, he's just very... <laughs> arrogant my favorite bit it's not my actual favorite bit but it's now my favorite bit because of watching it with mike is the whole portobello road scene where they're at the market and there's just a really long fucking dance off between loads of different yes. nationalities love it. love it and mike was like are they still at the market and i was like yeah and then he was like is that guy supposed to still be playing the piano? Sound inside of the show in the film, and then it stopped it. And then there are other instruments, but you couldn't see them playing. And he was really I saw all the people pick. I was like, okay, they've got those four instruments there. I can see. And then there were loads of other instruments, but then people playing instruments were dropping the instruments to dance. And I was like, okay, but the music's still playing. And everyone's dancing really, really aggressively. That's seen for a very And I don't yeah. know why, because this is a market where people are selling things, but they're having multiple dance-offs. And I don't know why. And all the characters were just walking around like in disarray as to all this dancing going on. And they're like trying to buy things, I think. And I'm like, what's happening? He started all this. My favorite thing about understand. this whole scene as well is that whatever her name is, Engelteen, which Mike also got irate. Egl Eglantine. Egl Eglantine. Eglantine. Because Mike thought it was a stupid name and got angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my, my thing in that scene is that she's looking for the other half of the book, yeah? She's looking at books that are completely different shapes and sizes. Yeah. You've got half like, of the book. And like full full books as well. Yeah. Even like half yeah. the book. Oh, you know what your book yeah. looks like. Why are you it's looking at this massive encyclopedia? I wonder if this has got the answers in. It's like made of like like animal skin oh. falling apart of the pages. Like, um, but yeah, I love this film. It makes me very happy. 
Okay, so I'm 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 rating it lower than both of you guys. I don't think it's bad. I think it's better than Mary Poppins, but I don't actually like. Oh wow! Okay, I'm oh I'm I'm doing what Strong Jack word. does about Forrest Gump. I think Mary Poppins is horrendously overrated. Um, I watched it a bit when I was a kid, and I was like, mm. yeah, it's all right. But a spoonful of sugar. The, then I watched it about. I haven't watched it with you, have I? We've never seen Mary no. Poppins. So I watched it before Megan for the first time since I was a kid, and I was like. This film is not actually that good. Mary Poppins is actually really mean and insufferable for most of the film. It's horrendously misogynistic and is a controversial thing. the suffragettes in it, mate. At least half the songs are bad. <laughs> At least half of them. There's a couple of bangers, don't get me wrong. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is genuinely a terrible song. Well, but I love to laugh. Ha, 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 ha. God, and Dick Van Dyke oh, is so God. unbearable. And oh, every I do, I do hate laughs. to laugh. It's a shit song. So I'm not a fan <laughs> of Mary Poppins. I'm, 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 I am somewhat with you on that, on that, Mike. I think the sequences by themselves are quite good. Agreed. Like, like, Animation-wise, you know, phenomenal. Animation, great. Acting-wise, like, by Dick Van Dyke is actually really good yeah. as well. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, like the dancing, everything. But like, it's just a, a series of random shit happening. There's no like through line. Like with this, there is a through line. They they have to find the spell. They have to do this. I mean, I would say the through line is very flimsy. In yeah. this one, I agree they're yeah. both very. But, but it's, I was agreeing. I was being like, oh, this has got a through line. I'm no, like, I don't agree on that point. I think, I, both... I think it's a stronger through line than oh, now the kids are gonna behave. I guess at the end. I mean, I this isn't about Mary Poppins. I mean, that's a separate. No. You need to do a Clone Wars of Mary Poppins. Oh and Ned God! Be a good oh one. God! Um, nice long. They're both very long films, unnecessarily so. Loads of musical numbers, and only about three of the songs are actually good. Uh, both of them. Um, but I will say one song that surprised me that I really, really liked. I wouldn't listen to it because the musical style I'm not as much of a fan of. But lyrically, the age of eleven and twelve of not mm. believing. That's so clever, and I've not really heard anyone mention that before. And I was thinking about. it, I was like, that's. When I was that age, that's exactly when I started questioning loads of different things and religion and are aliens real and ghosts and, you know, all these kind of stuff. And then being really certain on things I knew so little about. Like I read three pages in the book and I was like, I know everything about UFOs now, guys. I, I know if you talk about it, I'll insert myself into the conversation and talk like I know when I don't. And so when I saw the kid doing it in the song, I was like, that's really good, actually. Um, and then the Portobello song went on forever. And every time you think he was going to finish, and it was like, road. and he's like, going to finish. And then he does it again. You're like, oh, okay. So, and then they had these random music scenes. As I said, I've already voiced my opinion on those, which I wasn't as much of a fan of. The oldest kid is unbearable. And the best part is when he's a rabbit. Bruce Forsyth was great. Love it. Um, the cartoon football was horrendous. Thanks to me, you didn't yeah. recognize him. Did you know, did you know, you know what I noticed with the cartoon football? You know, when it pops mm. and it's in, and it's under the goal, they've gone, it's gone, he blows it mm. through the goal to win. It turns when it's popped. It turns into like an American football. Oh, if you go wow. back and if you go back and have a look, really? it has that one massive single stitch thing going through. Oh, huh. that's gonna, interesting. So I don't know if maybe they were like because they go, ah, oh, it's soccer, and it's like well, I've, the, I've played soccer. The, the voice the whole of thing. Every, as soon as they went in there, that's the worst pit of the film. I was like, <laughs> Mike, up to the point, I was like, this is weird, <laughs> but I'm like, okay with it because I like the animation. I like a lot of these things. Oh, with you can, the football game, here's my big thing. Before Megan says something about it, my big thing which drove me mad: the whole game of football. Okay. Very few footsteps, but all the other things had sound effects that didn't match anything that was happening. So it's like a kick, and instead of being like a, it was like a, and you're like, okay. And then the footsteps of people running, and there's just no music or any sound of just people just kind of running, and all you can hear is the ball being kicked. And then they would turn, and then you could hear the footsteps. And it was, it sounded like the sound design on that scene was only half finished, and it was driving me up the wall. And I was like, this game is going on forever, and there's no <laughs> footstep sounds or grass crinkling or anything. 
but you've got these whizzy sound effects. It sounds like someone's got the files confused. So that was bothering me. I was asleep at that point. You were. Um, Mike, when the... Is it a lion or a tiger? It's a lion. A lion. Lion. What? I said a bear's own Oh, right. Dan mentioned it was Um, earlier. Yeah, when the lion came out, he was like, that's the one from um, Robin Hood. And I was like, no, it fucking isn't. Because I literally had this whole discussion with Mike when we watched Robin Hood Hmm. and the lion came out. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the lion from Bedknobs and Broomsticks. And then I looked it up and it wasn't exactly the same. And then he said the same fucking thing when we watched Bedknobs and Broomsticks. I was like, we've had this conversation. <laughs> Animation-wise, it is the same line. I, just... I will I will say, I, I think Mike is on on somewhat the right lines. I think they've reused animation. From yeah, that's what yeah. I said when we watched. Yeah, yeah. 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 When you saw... Yeah. When, we when we watched looked... Robin Hood the first time, Megan I was like, said, that looks from... like the line from Bedknobs and Broomsticks. And we looked yeah. it up and Bedknobs, I think it was... No, I think Robin... I think Robin Hood was the most criticised one because that stole loads of animation from elsewhere, I think. Maybe maybe it was either way around then. Maybe Robin Hood stole from this. I'm not sure. Almost like... It's only because we watched Robin Hood so recently and I'm like, yep, that's the... He does the same hit. He does the same thing. Mm. It's the same same swagger, the same kind of, you know... Obviously, the vocal performances are different and some of the designs are different of the characters, but... Why does the king talk like a pirate? Is he meant well, to be a this, lion? This is the whole thing that annoyed me about the football thing. First of all, calling it soccer. And I was like, I'm a grown woman. I don't know why I'm getting so wound up about this film, this particular scene in this film. But it went on forever. The sound design on the lion was unbelievably shit and echoey and faint and then loud at other points. I don't know who was doing the voice work. I'm sorry, because voice work is is really difficult. And I'm sure you were very good at your job, gentlemen, whoever did it. But you were doing a shit job on this one. And I feel like they just chucked you in a studio and just said, here's some lines, say them. Like, there was nothing in it. There was just, like, nothing in it. And it's like they barely, it's like they recorded it on a tin can and somebody had a string and had it at the other end and put it against a microphone. Drove me nuts. And then when old fella man, magical man, Magician man, um, I've forgotten his name because I'm all annoyed. Um, what a Bella Road guy, yeah. When he's but the, bu- the bookmaker guy, that... no, no, the ref, uh, Professor Brown, Dr. Brown, Professor Dr. Brown, Brown, Professor Brown, yeah. when yeah. he's like refereeing, just move out the fucking way, mate. They're too <laughs> yeah. fucking D, yeah. Why are you standing in the same spot and letting them run you over? Which felt like happened about 10 fucking times. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And then he's reaching for the little medallion. I was like, oh, my God. Just take a step back, mate. They're 2D. Just take a step back. Just or step forward. Just I know. I was just I like, al- why al- is this going on for so long? And, and when the I lion keeps saying, it. like, when the lion kept saying, move it around, move oh, it around, I'm like, around. I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean by. <laughs> are you talking about the game? Are you trying to get people to them to move it move around? Because your body's all broken. Move it yeah. around. Shake move it, it off. around. Is that what you're trying like, to say? I have no idea. So are you saying like man on, man on, or, or any other oh, football I terms? I don't it. fucking understand. Um, yeah, I'd, yeah, it's not for me. I'm not a sports fan, so that sequence wasn't for me either. I do want to clarify this film. I did enjoy it. I thought it was good. I think because we watched the long version, I think the long version hurts it. And I think that the whole football animal scene is atrocious should be pulled out. Yeah. And then the Portobello row bit should be pulled out. And Megan spotted... No, no, sorry, I said that wrong. The Portobello scene should be shortened. I, I like parts of it. There's How about... are going to meet Professor Brown if they don't go to yeah, Portobello yeah, that, Road? That, that bit's fine. <laughs> Professor Brown as a character is quite mm. funny, you know, a port... Yeah. Like the, the, I love the scene where she's like saying, oh yeah, I performed the spells. And he's like, what? So yeah. I basically made them up. And she's like, oh, I've done that. She does stuff. And he's like, like that's such a clever plot device. Mm. Like a fake magician 
inadvertently making a real witch kind of yeah. learn how to use her power. I thought that was so clever. But Megan noticed something at Portobello Road. The steel pans, completely out of tune. Oh, oh my God. And she's played oh steel pans my God. in a band. Things. <laughs> that was oh, absolutely yeah. horrendous. When she put out to me, I was like, oh, no, I can't. First of all, they were out of tune. Secondly, they weren't even playing them at the same time. <laughs> they were just batting. They're absolutely fucking battering these steel pans. Some of the only instruments that were actually seemingly recorded yeah. on, on the scene. So but they were like, just like the only partial recording inside is bad. Just put generic. Steel it's like it's gone. like they were trying to like play the guitar pretend, but with a guitar, if it's electric, it doesn't make a sound. Steel pans, if you hit them, they're made out of fucking steel. They're going to make a sound. That's the point of them. They, it was so horrible. It was an absolute clusterfuck for my brain. <laughs> as not only someone who plays musical instruments, but as someone who used to play the fucking steel pans, it was horrendous. There's one word that will calm you down. Brighton! <laughs> Brighton! <laughs> Professor Brown was talking about loads of different places mm. in the UK at one Blackpool. Point. He mentioned Blackpool. He mentioned yeah. Blackpool. And, and in Bath. that sequence, he, right, he bursts out Brighton. Really? He's like, he's like Blackpool, Bath, Brighton. <laughs> and it cracked me up so much. I couldn't stop saying it. I was like, Megan, where should we go? Should we go to Brighton? And it was, if you rewatch that scene, he's so calm with everything else. Let's go to Bath. Let's go to Blackpool. Brighton! As he walks down the stairs as well. And he's like, so, he looks surprised as he says it. And it's like, it was great. And it just continues going. And I was like, that that alone was amazing. I don't think it was meant to be like that. There's lots of silly moments in this that I, I thought was so fun in so many ways. I Even like the Portobello stuff that was random. What? I was like, I, I like I liked the bit where the bookmakers like I need that other side of the spell I need that other part you've got that like I'll be honest there's some there's some real holes in this if you pull at the thread yeah. like oh yes how the how the fuck does the storybook work how the fuck are they in another world but they're not in another world with Naboomboo um, but I love the bit where the bookmakers like the bookmakers like um, I'm not going to give you my book and it's like not bloody likely and and, the, and then the bookmaker just opens up and he gets out the biggest fucking knife and he's like he's like I'm going to stab that kid I'm just going <laughs> to stab him if he doesn't give this children's book I'm going to fucking stab and then Bruce Forsyth's like nah I'd like to use my own you know um, I was just like I was like just the price me. is right and like even the even the Nazis at the end of the film are not as evil as that guy with the giant <laughs> I loved it. I loved it so much. I was like, I did not remember this bit of the film at all. Like, I remember her meeting him and him being a shyster and all of this sort mm. of stuff. And um, and then I don't. I was like, why is why is old Brucey hanging around, being weird and being like, watches? You want some watches? And then he pulls her knife. I was like, what's happening? I was like. This is the darkest bookmaker. Like, I have a lot of faith in people who make books and like and librarians and bookstore owners and stuff like that. I'm, I think they're the best people, right? They want to share books with people. Not this fucking fella getting like this dodgy East End guy going around with his knife going, oh, he wants to have a meeting with you. Can I stab you? <laughs> the knife, I was like, what am I watching? Like, he's just like, he's going to butcher this entire like found family for this one part of the book, it was a. I was like, "This is the story I want to see. I want to see this evil bookmaker man just being like, oh, <laughs> sorry, let's go shift some people.' Like, <laughs> but it did feel like about five different stories. They kind of oh yeah, together. absolutely. Like absolutely. the first part when I said to Megan we first started watching this because I've seen. I think I saw Bread Knobs and Broomstick. Bed Knobs and Broomstick. <laughs> Bread Knobs. Bread Knobs. That's a different film. <laughs> um, that's Bake Off After Dark. Sorry. Um, 
when I saw this comp years ago, I've, I remember bits and pieces. I remember bobbing around. I remember the cool animation and I remember parts of the end. Um, but when I watched it and it was the evacuation story, I was like, oh, I didn't realize they're going to go so deep into this found family evacuation stuff. And what did you say? You were like, it's not about that at all. And I was like, really? And I was, I was like, like yeah. Oh, cool. yeah, Mike was like, I didn't realize he was like, when's the set? I was like, during the war. And he was like, is that about any relevance? I was like, not really. Yeah. <laughs> okay. oh, I thought the old evacuation thing. I didn't want to say, I didn't want to say not until later. Like, spoilers. They do come back. Good night, but, Mr. Yeah. Tom kind of vibes. I was like, maybe mm. it's going to be Oof. not quite that dark, but like maybe it's, it's going like, to have some sure. nice little things there. Railway children. Yeah. 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 And it's like, oh no, that's just a bit to kind of launch off. And I was like, they could have used He was like, why? He was like, why? And I was like, it's to get them into the town, Mike. I was like, they're there. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, and they're all together yeah. as a family. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's just, it, it's a very bizarre choice, but it, it it just feels like lots of these things, it felt like they had like deleted scenes, which you did say from Mary Poppins. Mm, yeah, yeah. Did. They had like a collection of deleted scenes from various films or like random ideas. And they were like, We've, we're going to test out this animation. Let's just shove them all together. And it's just weird how much actually lands. Mm. But there's just, this film has, so many potholes. One of them is when she demands she needs an inanimate object to bring to life. And of every inanimate object <laughs> in her giant room of inanimate objects, she goes, You know what I want? Your shoes, Mr. Brown. Not my <laughs> shoes or <laughs> anyone else's. When she's shoes. doing the local even the children stuff. who don't mind being barefoot. I want your shoes specifically, and no other animated object will work. And I'm like, Is this a joke? The stuff she fancies him. She fancies him and wants yeah. shoe size. <clears throat> she, she she's got a foot fetish. That's what it is. She's really original Tarantino. Mm, exactly. She's like, oh. she's like, mm, mm. <laughs> but then she'd be like, he's the only, man for me. It only works if you're barefoot on the ground, or draw like a pentagram in like cream or something. <laughs> One other thing. Oh. Go, no, go on, Megan. Go on. I was. If mine was talking about the inanimate objects. Is is the knob itself like the actual like bed knob? Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is why why did they choose such a big thing? Like he was like he was like picking things out of his pockets, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I've got this knob." I was like, "How could you forget that you've got that? It's fucking huge." <laughs> and Do you also- know what drives me nuts about it? Is it would take him so long to screw it onto the fucking bed, and I was like, even to get "What out if of there's his an emergency and you've got this fucking seven-year-old?" <laughs> but there is when the king's <laughs> running towards him, isn't and it? then when he's tapping it, and I was like. Tapping, do it faster. I was like, what I mean, is wrong with One these quarter turn to the left. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't even look like he turned it. It didn't even look like he turned it. He just ran his finger around it. That's all he did. All, and also, all... how do you know if it's a quarter turn? I don't know. It's so annoying. Also, when he's like picking stuff out, he's like, I've got this, got a bit of string. I've got some broken glass. <laughs> like, what are you doing with broken glass in your pocket, you child? <laughs> and also, like, those wartime games. These wartime, <laughs> these wartime kids, these wartime kids, you know, blitz kids. They're they're coming into and you know, Eglantine's accepted them. You know, she's not happy about it. She brings them into the house and they're like, "Oh, what would you like for dinner?" And you're like, "Bangers and mash." You were being rationed, you little prick. You you can't just come in and just go bangers and mash. Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. Think of the war effort. You yeah, you you little prick. Okay, <laughs> big. That's where we end. Bed knobs and broomsticks. You yeah, we're going to get us on then, Ria? I can, I can take us next. I think we need to move on because now we're all just being mean about kids. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> they're older than we are now. They're in like their 70. They can handle yeah. it. Or maybe they can't. Sorry. Uh... <laughs> we, we can push them over and steal their knob. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, dear.
Oh, right. So, yes, we'll go, let's go on to my choice then. Mm. Let's move it on. I chose one of, I genuinely think, the best superhero films, <laughs> especially compared to, compared to some of Marvel's recent offerings, okay, and especially okay, compared to enough. all of DC's offerings, apart from right. Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2005, Sky High. Great film. I just as soon as Megan chose my pick that I wanted, and then as soon as I then spent our chat saying every other film, and everybody went, "Oh, actually, that would be good for this category." I was like, "Okay, Sky High, done. Great film, great romp, great superhero romp. Teenagers, they go to expect they're they're the children of superheroes. Superheroes are just a thing, everyday thing. They have their superhero identity and their secret identity. Their children go to." What is it? High school. What is it called in America? It's called Sky High. Yeah, fucking hell. Um, they go to a special superhero high school and they're sorted into either heroes or sidekicks. And we follow Will Stronghold and his group of friends. He doesn't have any powers to start with, so he's made a sidekick. And then he gets all these powers. Uh, he has all the teenage things where he gets bonus over hot teenage girls. Um his best friend uh fancies him family friendly disney film there. family friendly uh, his best friend fancies him but he doesn't he doesn't get it he doesn't understand it she's just his friend and but then he eventually gets powers and beats the bad baddie and it's just great kurt russell absolutely amazing in this film mm-hmm. what fun everybody's just having fun in this film that's why i enjoy it so much it's just sort of like we're doing a superhero film for tweens Let's go and have some fun with it. It's, you know, trying to do all the high school stuff. War and Peace, best superhero name. Love it so much because his mum is a superhero. His dad was a villain. And so I'm not going to explain his name. You're all, you're all intelligent. You get it. Right. Um, if you don't get Dostoevsky. <laughs> and it's just fun. Like, I remember the first time I saw this, I actually saw it with Jack. Uh, from Back to Filmography, and because he's my brother, and we what? watched it when we when we lived together, so years and years Twist. and years ago, and we just had a great time watching it. It is one that when I see it pop up, um, if it was like a Saturday or Sunday and on TV on terrestrial TV, be like, oh, let's just put it on and watch it, and then revisiting it back now on Disney Plus, just just so much fun. I just really enjoyed it. I feel like it's my favorite thing. It knows what it's doing. It has fun with it, but also takes it seriously. You know, it doesn't speak down to young teenagers or anything like that. And it just, I, don't know, I just thought it was just real fun. So everybody else think? Can I jump in just because I have a line I want to quote and I don't want anyone else to quote it before me because I think it's that good. And I want to take some amount of credit, which is the when the, I think, uh, the sidekick teacher is man boy or something. I can't remember what his name Mr. is. Mr. Boy. Mr. Boy. Mr. Boy. Mr. Boy. Go, him. Yeah. When they're doing the citizen uh, saving test, which is amazing, and they go, remember when we used to use real citizens? <laughs> yeah. and it's just a throwaway line that a cat doesn't dwell on it at all. And I, I And the other up. guy is like, oh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, it's so good. And like, it just cuts, and it's like kids wouldn't even really process it, but I'm like, that really fucks. <laughs> like in a really funny way. And I think the best part about this movie is it's a very much in certain ways to offend Jack again um, is it's got what Shrek has to quite a degree where I feel like a lot of teenagers would watch this and not really enjoy it. But I think that young kids and adults would love it because it's got these two lines Mm. of humor going on that work really well together. 
And I think that if I watched this, because I'd never seen this before, I, I think I recognised the logo vaguely, but um, I thought it would be more and less cheesy than it actually was in the best ways. Um, but like, I, I think that if I watched this as a teenager, I'd have hated it because it kind of signifies all the, the happy stuff instead of the edgy dark stuff that I want from Dark Knight, you know, that kind of thing. And so I just think it it lands really, really well. And obviously the cast is amazing. You know, Mary yeah. Elizabeth Winstead, I adore, you know, in anything she's in, she's absolutely fantastic. Um, and also check out her music friends whenever she comes up. Got a Girl is an album she did. And it's it's amazing. Um, but also Juicy Brucey's in it. It's what my brother calls him, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. And I was like, anytime he's in Ooh, anything, wow. I just love it. He, he, put, he really puts it all into it. He's not the best actor in the world, but he really tries hard and he has so much fun. And, you know, there's little moments in this and you're like, sorry, why is the PE teacher the be all and end all of who ranks what in this odd segregated society? I'm sorry, how high is this bridge in this bus they have to fall off to be above the clouds to then activate the wings? I, they're, they're little nitpicks you can pull, but it's such a fun, fast moving film and it's got quite a lot of heart. And for a film that was made like just after sort of X-Men and the uh, Tobey Maguire first Spider-Man movie, being made around that time, the quality of it, there's bits every now and then you're a bit like, yeah, but for when it was made, you're like, this is actually really like people put a lot of effort into this. And I'm genuinely really surprised. Like of all these films, although I think my pick is a good contender, I think this is the best underrated film because especially now, I think this would this almost has a kind of chance if something on TikTok record someone on TikTok yeah, yeah. who's influencer recorded mm-hmm. a part of this. Or it went on to, I know it's on Disney+, Plus, so it wouldn't, but it went on to Netflix or something. You know, when something goes on Netflix, suddenly all the tweens are into it. That, I think if that happened, this film could really, because it takes the mix so well before the MCU or anything was even a thing. And I just, I just, I thought in the first 15 minutes, the film was going to suck, to be honest with you. I was like, this is going to be ultra tween cheese and it's going to be too much. But because it really feels like, as you say, Rhea, it doesn't treat you like an idiot. And it's like, oh, there's a few bits here that you kind of, you know, I just thought it, it had every kind of layer of humour, I think, for a film like that. What did you think, Megan? Sorry. <laughs> just verbally waterboarded everyone. Sorry. I liked it. I, I didn't know anything about it. Um, I didn't even know that it was about superheroes until like the first like starting bit. And then I was like, oh, sky high. I was like, okay, there we go. I get, I get it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed this film. Um, I'm surprised I've not heard of it before. Mm. Um, but I yeah, I really, really liked it. Although it was very predictable. It was very predictable. Yeah, but kind of watching it again, I was like, I mean, obviously I'd seen it before quite a few times, so I knew what was going to happen. But I kind of liked the predictability of it. You know, like Megan's pick, we all know what's going to happen, but how they get there. I do think it's done better in in what we're going to talk about with Megan's pick, but we all know how they're going to get there. And getting there's fun. Mm. And... You know, it's not like the, it's not Back to the Future. It's not the best written script ever, right? But you're there for the ride and you're enjoying it. And I oh, think Team, team Wolf's in that. <laughs> and I think that's why it works well. And I agree with you, Mike. It's cheesy. It's incredibly cheesy, but in a way, just the right amount. Like because they know it's cheesy, they know what they're doing, and I think that's what makes it so fun. And I also found i mean don't get me wrong we've still got you know the the main cast is white um and it's will stronghold is a white teenage boy and his love interest his two love interests are white teenage girls but 
the rest of the cast is quite diverse for what I wouldn't expect in this type of film. Now, look, they're not like the psychic group of his friends. They're not like the most, you know, <laughs> they're not representing lots of diversity. But if you think about films at the time and you think about, you know, they're just filled with white people and there's the one black character that's the friend. I was I was quite surprised watching it again. I was like, oh, okay. It's a bit of a shame they are the sidekicks and they are in the background, but it actually feels like if you were going to go to a high school that it's not just filled with conventionally attractive white people, which I found quite surprising. Um, I do feel the, you know, I agree again with you, Mike, that I think the budget's pretty good. But when it comes to the fight scenes, I was like, yeah. oh, that's not aged well visually. <laughs> the guy as well. The rock yeah. guy and the giant robot. The giant robot yeah. looked like something out of Flight of the Concords. Yeah. yeah. I was like, it did look like a YouTube video Ooh. or something. I was like, mm. <laughs> but I was like, I, and I was forgiving of it because I had such a good time watching it. But I was just like, yeah, like, I completely agree with you. Like teenagers, late teen, late mid to late teens, be like, "What is this? It's too happy. It's too colourful. All of this sort of stuff." But I think for the tween market, and this very much feels like what it was for, just like absolutely spot on. Uh, I guess it's my turn then. Um, I have never seen this before, so it was brand new to me. I'm a big superhero fan. Um, I mean, look at the name of my podcast um, alone. <laughs> um, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, I wasn't expecting to. Again, I thought it was going to be a bit twee or a bit cheesy or a bit mm, di- Disney-fied. You know, I, I, do, I do worry when I'm going into these kind of mid-2000 Disney films, I'm like... You know, there's, there's going to be something. I'm sure. Wait till you get to Megan's pick. Yeah, <laughs> as in yeah. not only this pick yeah. here, but our next Disney discussions. Which yeah. Oh yeah. The next one. I think it is. Yeah, because we're the last. Yeah, yeah. Get ready to talk the, about that. But sorry, the the one I'm dreading. I'm sure. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I did. I did. Um, but I, again, I think the cast is really good. Speaking of Wonder Woman, she is in it. Linda Carter plays mm-hmm. the the headmaster. Um, and it's yeah, it's full full of like really good character actors, comedic actors. Kelly Preston's in it, who's fantastic as well as the mum. And yeah, I think I think everyone's great. Again, the the effects aren't great, but I think I think Mike's right. I think some of the more mature throwaway jokes are actually quite hilarious. And if you're not paying attention, you could miss like when he's dropping the car on him and and stuff like that. And you're like, people could die here. But it's I think it's kind of making fun of like. X-Men and the Harry Potter where the teachers are constantly putting the kids in danger yeah. and nobody seems to be like saying or doing anything. It's like, like, like satire, isn't it? Yeah, it's a sat it's a, that's what it is. It's a superior satire. And I think the problem is they it may have come out at the wrong time. I think maybe given given maybe five, six years, maybe people would have been open to it. Mm. But I think at this point, we're only just accepting to take superheroes seriously again. We're talking Spider-Man, X-Men, Blade. Um, Daredevil had come out. I think Fantastic Four came out the same year. So we're still in that that period where we're there building their kind of box office steam. And I think something kind of jabbing and making fun of that maybe might not have, have gone over mm-hmm. so well, potentially, because we're going, oh, no, no, we like this. We want to see more of this. And we're going to get to our Iron Man's and Dark Knights very soon. Say, 
Batman Begins, I think, was at the same year as this. Yes, so yeah, really, there you go. This was, as you, you say, go. perfectly, just before the kind of mm. renaissance of really top-quality superhero films. You had X-Men and Spider-Man, which were great, but they were seen as isolated because of Fantastic mm. Four and a couple of others. Blade was yeah. amazing, but like, yeah. it was just before the boom. It, it, was, it, was, it was after Batman and Robin where we were sort of taking them seriously again. They weren't silly, they weren't embarrassing. We're, we're looking at them in a different light. Like now we look at them and they can be anything they want. They can be a heist film. They can be a political thriller, all these superhero movies. But yeah, at this time, I think it was they were playing with stuff. And again, I'm I know all the references they're making, all the, you know, uh, Mr. Boy being like a, a shit Robin, you know, I enjoy and 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 him going, does he does he talk about me still? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he never mentioned you. I didn't know you were here. Yeah, so, you know, we had the matching colours and, and everything. He's one of my favourite characters in it. Oh, he's, oh, he's so, so funny. Yeah. I, I think I think you guys were saying how pretty predictable it was. I predicted that he's not going to have his powers throughout the film. He's going to be the loser. He's going to be you know, downtrodden, he's going to be, you know, he's going to struggle. And then right at the end, just when he needs it, bam, he's going to become who he's supposed to be. But I quite, I, I, I'm glad that my expectations there were, were smashed because he gets his powers. And then we have this, oh, he wants to be the popular kid. We get this whole kind of clash and, and that journey, which I quite enjoyed. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for like a good X-Men story where there are mutants born with shit powers. Like, like, like you're just a jelly with 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 bones in there. Like, like it's or yeah, or like you know, like Meg, your your fingernails grow a little bit longer. You know, like just really fucking shit. Because it's not always going to be amazing, cool powers and flight and you know energy projection or anything like that. It's gonna somebody is gonna get to be able to turn into a guinea pig or slime or you know it's going to happen. And I I like that. And again, those and again those that representation. You know, again, the the uh, the commander Kurt Russell's that he's like, they're losers. They're not important. You need to be. There's a lot of pressure on on young Will Stronghold to be as powerful and the Stronghold Three and all this. And there's a lot of expectations he's trying to live up to. Uh, and I like that. You know, that Kurt Russell by the end is actually going. No, these guys, these these guys, we didn't think of the losers. The they're the real heroes because they did it and they don't have. The kind of abilities we do, and, and they've come through. The white people have failed, but the you know the people of diversity have come through and saved the day. And and you know, and that's one of the lessons uh, I think throughout the film. But yeah, I loved it. I think all the all the actors are hilarious. Bruce Campbell's great. Uh, you know, sidekick, um, much more enjoyable than the lion screaming. I will say that <laughs> the sound design was much better for that. Um, but yeah, I, I even like the bus driver. Again, he's he's a he was I great. Love the bus. He was quite wholesome, wasn't he? I love an underdog. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's a good, it's a good, wholesome, fun film. You've got a little bit of, you know, uh Danielle Panabaker would go on to be in The Flash, and and uh, you know, Kurt Russell would go on to be in more Marvel films, and there's a lot of kind of there's some DNA there. I quite like the the fact that she's trying to make lemons. A bit like Eglantine, she's trying to turn them into other things, but she can only do rabbits and she can't do lemons. She can only do apples. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it's really fun, really wholesome. Um, and I think you are right. I think I think if you're in your kind of cynical teen years, you're not gonna get this, you're not gonna get on board. But I think tweens and adults will appreciate both sides of it. And I'm glad I saw it when I was older to appreciate those those two levels that they're playing with. Right, let's move on. Mm. Who's next? I'll do it. My film is Freaky Friday. But the, whom? Um, Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. It is about a mother and daughter 
um and they oh, they have a very fragmented relationship um because uh the mum's getting remarried the daughter's not very happy about it i can't really remember their names at the moment what are their names Lindsay Lohan and Jenny Lee Davis. <laughs> That's what we were referring to as the whole time. Anna and Tessa. Anna is Lindsay Lohan. Tessa Anna is and Jamie Curtis. Yeah, so Anna is like a teenagey, like angst girl um, who is in a band. She wears like edgy clothing. Um, and Tess is like a psychiatrist of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um but yes, they they end up going to a Chinese restaurant. They have a fortune cookie, and the fortune cookie makes them swap bodies. So they wake up on a Friday that's very freaky, and then they've swapped bodies, and they're like, "Oh shit, we've swapped bodies!" And so it's about the story of them trying to figure how to <laughs> go back to their normal bodies because it is the day of Tess's, which is the mum's wedding reception dinner. So it's the day before the Rehearsal. wedding. Oh yeah, sorry. The, the wedding yeah. rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's yeah. the day before the wedding. So they're like, ah, we need to swap bodies back, and it's all about that. Why'd you like it? Why'd you choose it? I, I, admittedly, used to watch this film daily. I'm pretty sure for a while. I used to like put it on in my room when I was like supposed to be like tidying my bedroom, um, and I would just put this on in the background. So I, I used to watch this film a lot. I was very obsessed with this film. Did you watch it with Mean Girls? Mean Girls was in the roster. Because they're both around the same time and same director and obviously Lindsay Lohan as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I did the same thing with The Parent Trap as well. There, there are certain films... There are, I can't believe you've not seen The Parent Trap. There are certain films that I would just repeatedly have on all the time. Freaky Friday, Mean Girls, Hairspray were, were in my collection of movies that I would want to watch over and over again but hairspray the like the newer version of hairspray not the original you are talking so i have a set of films that when i'm feeling really sad or i'm really sick i watch and you've just named three of the films mm. that are in that list it's very exciting ah yeah but i bet dragon slayers in there <laughs> it is very much not. and we watched mean girls recently as well didn't we there's a lot we of did mean girls is yeah mean girls it's- freaky friday turned 20 like a handful of days ago mm. Um, but I don't know. I think for me, this just came out at the right time because obviously, if it came out twenty years ago, it came out in two thousand and three. Um, did it did. So I I probably wouldn't have watched it straight away. Like Tennis. I'd have been yeah nine or ten when this film came out. So I think it got me at the right time. Mm. Um, but I, I I fucking love this movie. I think it's so good, and I think Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan are fucking phenomenal <laughs> in this film. Their acting is just outstanding. Like the fact that their characters within their own characters are great anyway, but then when they do the body swap and they're having to act like the other person, it is, it's just outstanding. It's so good. Because I, I'd seen... There are a few cringe bits in this film, but um, yeah. it is, it's a fantastic movie. Because I'd seen bits and pieces again of this film. I'd never seen any piece of Sky High. Bed Dogs and Bruce Six, I have definitely seen, but I, when I was really, really young. This one, I think I have avoided because it came out, you know, obviously me and Megan are basically the same age. And I think that when I was a teenager, because that was when I was sort of 12-ish, that was when I stopped watching all were the Disney the, shows. Were you in the age of not believing? 
I was in the age of not believing, not believing that a boy would watch girly stuff, even though I used to like, I used to like That's So Raven, but I don't tell anyone about that because that's not cool. So now I was just like, my brother let me watch Predator once, so now I'm an adult. Um, it's that kind of thing. So I, I didn't watch... The most adult film ever. <laughs> the most mature film you've ever seen. <laughs> so um, it was that sort of time, I think, for me. So I never really bothered with it. And obviously, again, when I hear... Yeah, you know, everyone knows the plot of Freaky Friday. You know, and there's so many films. Well, I mean, it was a remake it. as well. There's another. Yeah. there's another movie that's not there's, as good. There's ton of. There's a ton of like body body swap movies. You, I think, you can't I think there's four. four Freaky Friday movies. We looked at no. There's three. Sorry, there's four Star Wars born movies. Nope. What a are you four. There's a Christmas a miracle on 34th Street. There's four of them. Three Star Wars born films. Why is that relevant Freaky to what Fridays. we're talking about? Because I was thinking of all the films that there's loads of, and I got confused with Freaky Friday being four of them, but there's three of them. Because there's a new one that came out a few years ago that bombed, um, but I've not seen the original. But I hadn't seen this one either, to clarify, in full, because I was like, I know the plot, I don't need to watch it. I, I, haven't, seen, I, haven't, seen any, I haven't seen any of them, but I knew the, the gist. I know the, the idea behind it. But it was, it was re- I was really surprised. It gave me Mean Girls vibes a lot, and I love Mean Girls. And I was like, to me, this going as a, with a Mean Girls double bill, you could, although the mum does change, obviously, it's like the characters are so similar. You could almost be like, Lindsay Lohan twins at birth. They s- separated and no one knew. One went off and did Freaky Friday. One went off and did He's Mean Girls. just telling the story of the parent trap there, mate. You are. Wow. Well, that's why, that's even... <laughs> someone that's not seen the parent trap, you're literally selling the film. Wow, okay. Well, I can see why these three films have worked together because as Megan said, it's just so... There are issues with the film, but I was so pleasantly surprised because I thought it was going to be quite weak, uh, to be honest with you, just because it's... You know what it is, and just like anyone who hasn't seen Mean Girls, think probably thinks Mean Girls can't be as good as everyone says, and they're wrong. It's very similar to that. I was like, Freaky Friday, the dialogue's so good. brilliant, so good. One thing I loved about it is the stepdad. This might be the only film in ages, he's especially so, he's this so era, good. who's just a lovely guy who's really trying, and it's just so nice. Yeah. And it's not like the stepdad's a dick and she's trying to well, make her mum happy. It's like no, the stepdad's awesome. You two are the problem. He's yeah. actually awesome. well, he gets Larry, doesn't he? He gets angry at the mum because he doesn't want to be made out to be this evil stepfather villain character. Mm. He wants Anna to be able to like him on her own terms it's refreshing for a step-parent mm. story where the step-parent is not in the wrong like basically at all and i really liked that element where it's like the story's still about these two strong independent women in very different ways and kind of getting an understanding sympathy and a really important story i think for young people but especially i'd say young women watching with their mums and kind of having that sympathy element but the dad the stepdad is just i've not really seen that before i was just really taken aback by how well how well it kind of how nice it was, I think, how wholesome this film really was, for the most part. Yeah. Um, I I have to I have to agree. I did really, really enjoy this. I did um uh I I, I did have some issues with it. I think um I looking in like I there's this whole kind of fortune cookie thing and Chinese restaurant and some of the the acting and and very strong accents I don't think were required but again I don't think that was the actor's choice I think that was a white producer or director's choice they go oh yeah do it in a stereotypical Chinese accent and it's it because I looked at the original and the original is like it it happens on Friday the 13th so there's mm-hmm. nothing there's no racial or you know you know eight kind of connections it's just Friday the 13th it's a weird day fuck this has happened brilliant what do we do to reverse it you don't you know there's other body swap things where it's like wishing upon a star or things you don't need to make it so specific but again 
different times, I'll, I'll forgive that, but it does kind of crop up a little bit, a lot, and they keep coming back, these characters, because that's the the whole premise of the film, unfortunately. But I think I think the two lead performances, you're right, they are fantastic. Like I think Jamie Lee Curtis is, is absolutely having a ball, but actually I think Lindsay Lohan being the sensible mum is actually... It's a bit. I think about it a bit like like Rain Man um, with Dustin Hoffman. You have this wonderful performance he's giving, but a lot of people don't talk about Tom Cruise because he's playing this really obnoxious, horrible, self centered brother, and then that performance is really fucking good. And people overlook it because of Dustin Hoffman's performance. But I think it's the same here. I think Jamie Lee Curtis is going to absolute town. It's like. Yeah rock and roll you know punk and all this and but then Lindsay Lohan in on the other hand has been the awkward uptight like you know I'm a psychologist and blah, blah, blah. you know and I I thought I thought they were both wonderful it got me so much I was kind of tearing up towards the end I was like during that speech where the and again that they the speech kind of when they swap back, spoilers, they swap back. Oh my god! Um, but they do swap back, and then, but it's during this really passionate speech about becoming a new family and accepting each other and and their flaws and growing and learning uh, and being a, a fuller, you know, more, you know, a family basically in so many ways. And yeah, I was like, oh, "Fucking bastards! You got me! You got me right in the fields." <laughs> um, uh, but it, again, it's it's due to the 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 those two key performances, I, I I think without those two performances, you've not got much of a film, really. And I think they've absolutely cast the right people and they have the chemistry and the, even the arguments. You're like, oh, I've heard these before. And after seeing kind of Lady Bird, I was like, oh, yeah, I can I can see this again. I'll see, I'll see this old, old dynamic. But again, it really works here as well in a, in a totally different, more kind of family-friendly way, if you will. But yeah, I loved it. I thought Mark Harmon as the dad was the stepdad was great. Um, and again, very low key, very subtle performance. Uh, Chad Michael Murray exists. He was in it um, as as a heartthrob, the One Tree Hill guy. Um, yeah, I forgot that he was a person because he crept up in a lot of like rom coms around that time, didn't he? He's the crush. Isn't he's he? the one in a Cinderella story as well, isn't that's he? That's him. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I did he, like he's him. He's super greasy in this though. Like he's he's got like bad skin, long hair, and I'm like. But yeah, how old he is as well, and they seems older than he's ever been. And it's like she, she's like what sixteen, I think, or something, and yeah. he's like working. He's graduated, so he's at he, least eighteen or nineteen. Like in the UK, where you know sixteen is the age of consent, having an eighteen-year-old with a sixteen-year-old, it's a bit like. Eh. Well, well, you but say that, but in, in Sky High, she's a senior, isn't it? Isn't she, and uh, he's Elizabeth? A freshman. Win- and he's well, a those freshman. words mean nothing to me. So I thought no, so youngest, youngest, and oldest. It's like a year. So that even it's still well, you've got junior and then you've got well high school. So yeah, it would. I don't know. I think I think he would probably be like thirteen. Yeah, that's worse. Even even and then and then the mum's cool with that. She's like, she's a senior. (laughs) It's like I guess it is the dynamic that is stereotypical, and whether or not you know we can't get into this whole debate of this, but you know, older woman with a younger man is that taking advantage more than an older man a younger woman and it depends on the age and the individuals I, I, at hand and it's it's yeah. all gross and creepy to clarify i didn't realize that about sky high yeah yeah no no that's that's the same yeah the he same would be situation. 14 to 15 right and she'd be what 17 bloody yeah we're not even talking about this film anymore sorry I've, we're, we're not, we're not yeah. but anyway well uh, anyway i'm going to talk about how much i like freaky friday sorry yeah <laughs> <laughs> do it, do it. We've moved on from Sky High, and even though that's my pick, I want to talk about Freak Friday. <laughs> okay. Because okay. I love this film. 
So, as Dan talked about, we recently discussed the film Lady Bird with the wonderful Alison Shelton, um, and we talked about generational trauma. And isn't it amazing to watch a film about generational trauma between mothers and daughters and it be happy and joyful and not traumatic? For me, it's in the same vein as Barbie. We're going to talk about feminism and the patriarchy and it be joyful. And this is what Freaky Friday does. And I love it. And I love it both as... So I watched this when I was in my early 20s. Um, So definitely not in the age bracket, but I will consume any type of film ever, apart from a lot of the ones that Dan recommends, to be fair. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't even recommend them for myself. And a huge Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan fan. So I was like, when this came, you know, when this was on DVD or whatever, boy, I was like, yeah, I would watch it. Absolutely loved it. I've loved it ever since. Like you, Megan, I've watched it so many times. I can't even count. It's like in a rotation of films of when I'm sad, it makes me feel happy. And I just love how joyful and fun this is, much like Sky High. In fact, like all of the films that we've talked about, this, there has been so much joy in them, and this is the one that I feel it the most in. And for me, it's also how much the two main actresses own their performances, which I think is really exceptional. I think we don't get to see from women in film. And, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is actually sensational. The fact that she leans into, you know, when she first sees her face, she's going, oh, I look like the Crypt Keeper and stuff like that, you know. That's actually really brave of an actress her age to do that. And we don't get to see that on film. Now, Jamie Lee Curtis is, you know, I don't want to objectify anybody, but she is incredibly good looking. Like, let's all, you know, the fact that she's looking at herself and saying, oh, I look like the Crypt Keeper. But that is what a teenager feels, you know, that is what a 15, 16 year old is going to feel when they're suddenly looking like an incredibly beautiful older woman. And she gets to say that on screen and she gets to have the most fun, which is really lovely. But it is Lindsay Lohan who just completely blows you out of the water with this film. The the absolute way she controls both her performances is unbelievable. And I, again, I think we really rarely get to see it. When she's Anna, young Anna, true Anna as such, I rem- she reminds me of being that age and the pure emotion of absolutely everything is why I would never go back to being a teenager because it is horrendous. And, you know, it's again, my, my favorite thing, she's trying to find herself. She's trying to figure out who she is. She kind of already has, but nobody around her, her parents, the people that she trusts and love, her dad has just died a few years ago. Nobody around her, apart from her stepdad, to be stepdad, funny enough, sees her for who she is. Her her brother doesn't, her mum doesn't, her mum doesn't, her dad's died. And she's found this core group of friends and and there's like other chaotic things happening in her life at school and her mum's not listening to it. It's all she wants. She wants her mum to listen to She wants her mum to like her music and listen to her and give her some privacy and respect. That's all she fucking wants. Like, and that's, and she's not getting any of that from around her. And then by the end of the film, she is, she's, you know, she's just being listened to because her mum has had to experience what her everyday life is, how being a teenager, you are ignored. Nobody believes you, even when you're smart like Anna is. When she's at school and she's answering questions correctly, she's so tuned in to the... 
a teacher, mm-hmm. right? I hate him. He's like <laughs> Umbridge in Harry Potter. He's the right? worst. He's so evil. And it's like, and what I love that is how much her friends respect her and look at her as a leader, but she's not there being like, oh, you know, I'm I'm a leader, look at me, take on the bullies and all this sort of stuff, because she is bullied and all this sort of stuff. They just respect her because they love her who she is and for who she is, and she's talented. And I was just like, you don't get to see teenagers like that on screen. Girls, teenagers like that on screen. You know, we we get dark, complicated teenage boy stories. And this is a complicated teenage girl story. It just happens to be joyful and colourful again, like, you know, sky high and and what we're going to talk about with holes. And I was just like, imagine, I wasn't a teenage girl watching this. Imagine being a teenage girl and watching it like Megan was. Like, I can understand why you were obsessed with it. I can Mm. completely understand it. And just Lindsay Lohan's performance in getting all of that in this film is unbelievable. I mean, I love Lindsay Lohan. My other half, Kevin, is obsessed that one day she's going to get an Oscar. And I'm like, I really want that to happen because I think she's an exceptional actress. And I think everything else that's happened around her and her work, I hope as a society, is things that we've learned about and are moving on from. But, you know, fingers crossed for the Lindsay Lohan comeback. But you just see it, you know, you see it in Mean Girls, you see it in The Parent Trap, you see it in this. Just My Luck, that's another one. Just, I love Just My Luck, yeah. which is a terrible film. I know it is, but it's also great. <laughs> but it's got my um, eye in it, so it makes it all better. <laughs> yeah. And I just uh, I just think there's something, I think this is really unique, this film. And I do think it's quite generic. And I do think you can, you know, we all know what's going to happen. Obviously, you're going to switch back and learn about each other and be in each other's shoes and all of that sort of stuff. There's no way this film should be as good as it is. Uh, And I I do think it's down to lead performances and I do think it's down to a director who trusts those actresses to bring it onto the screen. And it's exactly what you've all said about the stepdad character. Like, he is my favourite in this. Like, and absolutely fancy him. (laughs) Like, I'm like... He's handsome. Handsome, but also because of his whole attitude. I think is just really wonderful and what we're not used to seeing. And so one of the problematic things that we've talked about is the Asian restaurant and it's a mother and daughter and they're arguing and the daughter's been like, oh, stop interfering and all of this sort of stuff. And we were talking about it in our chat and I was like, wouldn't it be so interesting if we didn't have that horrible racial um, Mm. stereotype stuff going on? Hate it, don't like it at all. But that relationship is trying to explore that intergenerational trauma as well. So it's reflecting the two main actresses. So like, I just really wish we didn't have all that horrible ugh, Chinese restaurant mm-hmm. race stuff because it's so great to see that reflect, you know, another layer of that reflected in the film. And I just, the speech at the end and when we touch on throughout the film, what Anna has been through, what she wants from her mum, and we touch on what her mum wants as well. Like, I, I was talking to you about how her mum's so focused on this wedding, right? Because her her husband died. And so she's working. She's been raising these two kids. She's met this new man who has like brought love and life back into her life. And she's so focused on this wedding and this wedding being perfect that she's not focusing on what she really needs to focus on, which is her family, which is this man who is so open 
to accepting her and her family, all of their flaws, because they love they are not a perfect family at all. And he's just there and he's open and he wants to love them and he wants them to love him. And I, and I also love that they're sort of exploring that, that for her, the wedding's so perfect. But what Anna does when she's in her body and when she's making the decisions for her is makes Tess more true to who I think we or, or who Tess was. She's not trying to be this person and the perfection. And I think that's like a whole other layer that I could talk about for ages. We're running out of time. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I could just do a podcast about Freaky Friday. Let's just go and do that. Or all of Lindsay Lohan movies. That would be amazing. Just systematically go exist. through them. Oh, well, that would yeah. be good for them on podcast, actually. <laughs> would, the, tri- the trifecta of Lindsay Lohan. I bloody love Lindsay Lohan. Oh, yeah. She's so great. Just, that, she's just so had a baby, great. didn't she? That's no idea. Uh, yeah, yeah, a Hallmark Christmas movie. Yeah, I she, I think, I think uh, she... That Hallmark Christmas movie is amazing. You, Absolutely don't amazing. Don't you think all of them are amazing? No, they're terrible, but that one is genuinely one. amazing. If, if I mean, I re- it's terrible, but it's amazing. There it's like go. the best of bad. If if I remember rightly, Lindsay Lohan posted she just have a ba- had a baby and you know celebrating. I think she said, uh, "I'm not I'm not a regular mom. I'm a postpartum mom." <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, that was quite clever. So uh, so yeah, no, but um, yeah. Oh, last yeah. thing, because I know it's on my pick next, so I'll talk about holes. But I will just add the note from the brother in the school oh, yeah. that really touched my heart and then when she was like but why why are you so mean to him mm. he's like it's paraphrasing why are you so mean to him she, he's like i'm not mean i like playing with her it's fine if she knows i feel this way she won't play with me anymore and i was like mm. oh he doesn't yeah. really understand how emotions work but to a degree he does mm. and it's this kind of thing where he thinks it's a game and she doesn't realize and you see that for me is the pivotal moment of mm. Lindsay it's the character. cute bit where they're walking yeah. out of the door and they're kicking yeah. each other's bums yeah. with the legs yeah. I, I i i was going to mention that actually i forgot to mention it but i that was that was the moment where i saw Lindsay lohan in jamie lee yeah. curtis's performance and i was yeah. like the fact that i can see another person within another mm. person yeah that's there's so many layers going on and for, for the actor to be able to not only process that but display that and it to come across through the camera is is incredible so yeah brilliant you did a good one megan fantastic job thanks Thanks, everyone so i guess it's onto my one uh which is the least happy and it's wholesome this film i think but it's a bit of a dark horse holes Mm. because it's one of those films where it i think it's almost the empress new groove of live action films in the sense of when you talk about underrated animated Disney films, Emperor's New Groove is one of the first ones people talk about, and a lot of people haven't seen, but they peripherally know about. Holes, especially for at least people I know my sort of age, everyone knows of its existence to a degree, but only a select few have kind of seen it, but no one has that much bad to say about it. And it's basically a prison movie, but for but suitable for all ages. And I, it would be really hard to explain to someone why this film works so well without them having seen it, without spoiling it, because it's it's got so much heart to it and it's got so many layers to it. And, you know, obviously Stanley Yelnats, you know, there's lots of little jokes that are quite funny little things. You know, his name is a palindrome, same forwards as backwards. And you've got Henry Winkler as his dad. He's an inventor who can't... And there's Curse and all this timeline stuff going on. And it's like, you know... A kid goes to a prison or a juvenile f- camp, in air quotes, but because he gets framed for stealing some shoes. Um, and then obviously it turns out there's a whole plot line to do with that and things. And you're getting these flashbacks of his family of how this curse was given to the family. And all of this thing, it seems weird and sporadic and things don't really seem to line up. And then there's a point about halfway through the movie where just everything starts to line up and then you get it. 
And from that point, I think it just wraps itself up so nicely. And the fact, like, like Shia LaBeouf, although he's nuts, he is a very, very good actor, okay, for, for most films he's in. And especially in these earlier days. And in this film really shows even how Stevens he was days. great, even Stevens, yeah, even those Stevens. kind of things. But Zero, although I don't know, I'm not saying the acting of Zero was top tier, but I think the the performance that was given works so well and the way it was written. And you've just got this young kid who everyone calls an idiot, including the, the air quotes uh, counselor. Yeah, that guy's a dick. It's horrible to him and everyone's so mean to him. And then it's about him. It's, it's kind of, for me, it's really his story and just how Stanley kind of came into his life and did a few things to, to change this bad set of luck this kid's had. And every emotional beat, when he asks him to help him read, when he eventually, spoiler alert, gets reunited with his mum at the end, like all those bits were really pulling at my heartstrings. And every thing about Zero, and I was like, I remember enjoying this film so much, but I've only seen it once or twice when I was younger, and I never revisited it. And I'm really glad I haven't, because I just think this film really blew me away of how mature it is in so many different ways. And then Scordy Weaver popping up. That was amazing. And she's great at everything. So I just, there was just so many things I really enjoyed. My only, there's probably a few criticisms you guys will come with, but my only main criticism I think is that the curse bit, they say it every five lines of dialogue mm. for the first half of the film. And it's like, can you only need to say it twice, three times at most. And I know there's a whole plot line going about it, but the plot line explains itself how it works. So that's my only real big criticism of of that film, uh, but I really enjoyed it. Megan, this is probably my least favorite of all of them. Um, Why like, is it? What's the key word? It was alright. I liked it, <laughs> but I just thought it was quite convoluted and confusing at points um, because there was loads of different flashbacks and it didn't necessarily link up to exactly where in the family line it was. And I was like, okay, well, which young nuts is this now? Like. Mm. It didn't make it that clear to me. And then, like, I liked the whole, like, symbolism of, like, the curse being lifted because of him helping Zero. But I also kind of just found that a bit pithy. Um, (laughs) But I I enjoyed it. I'd never... It's not what I was expecting from this film. I'd I'd heard of Holes. I knew nothing about it. Um, I thought it was okay. It was all right. Which is fair. It's I didn't think it was a film that you especially would really it's connect weird. with. I think this makes me sound like I'm insulting you and it makes me sound like a dick. But for me, I feel like if you watch quite a lot of movies... Megan likes dumb like, films. No, no, not like that at all. But if you watch a lot of films, like a lot of prison films, a lot of things, I think you can feel there's so much... There's a lot. There's a lot, there's a references. lot of references. Yeah, yeah. A lot, that's it, what I was getting at. I think. I think there's because it's a western. You've got mm. that. They're referencing a lot of westerns there, and you've got like the prison aspect. It's, it's like Cool Hand Luke meets Unforgiven meets Disney somewhere yeah. in the middle. And all the characters are extreme characters, all yes, the western absolutely. characters yeah. in a prison film with kids. Yeah, and the, and they're playing on the the you kind of knowing and playing. It's like this, like Sky High does. It plays with those stereotypes. We're familiar with the sidekick superheroes. We're familiar with the secret identities and the high school and the way that works. So it's playing fun with that. But yeah, it's very, they're making very specific references. And I think if you haven't seen those type of films, then yeah, you would, you probably feel a, a little bit left out in some respects. So I can understand, um, you know, Megan not really getting into it if you've not seen those kind of films and know those kind of tropes from those films it can it can probably be lost on you a little bit but um yeah no i i can i can see why it's an uh it's not 
for everybody. Did you However, see I enjoyed it. Had you yeah. seen it before, Dan? Sorry. I had seen it before. Okay. And I, I think this is my favorite of the bunch, actually. I think, mm. Mike. Um, again, it's a little bit darker. There's kind of some more kind of adult themes going on, you know, destiny and, and having all these horrible things go on in your life and trying to again that kind of found family aspect and and those connections as well uh, madame zaroni is is the villain in um emperor's new groove as well so uh, yes yeah i remember looking that up actually yeah yeah earth mm. kit earth a kit um and yeah again it is a bit they do hammer home the the fucking uh, there's a curse and like when when he mentions the name zaroni i would have been like Oh yeah, the curse. Zeroni, Madame Zeroni. Yeah, I know who you are. You relate to Madame Zeroni. Oh, we can break the curse. Like the second he says that, I'm like, why don't you? You've heard the story a million times. You've heard the song a million times. You know, you should know this. You shouldn't just be like, nice to meet you, Mister Zeroni. <laughs> no, it should be like, wait a fuck minute. Wait one. Because <laughs> he sings the Woodpecker song, doesn't he? Randomly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and he looks at him and he's like, I know that song. I won't mention it. I won't say anything. Um, I I really love the the kind of Western aspect. I didn't see that coming with this. I kind of knew it was about kids and a camp and stuff. And I thought it was going to be a bit like um, there's another Disney film that's maybe not not uh, aged quite as so well, which is the Heavyweights, which is like Ben Stiller being mean at a fat camp, a kids fat camp sort of thing. Oh, oh, yeah. It's I don't think it's aged as well, but it's you can definitely see some. It's almost like the prequel to Dodgeball. I think you can right. sort of see there's there's links to that character and the way that goes. But um, but yeah, I, I love the Western aspect of it. I love the kind, and, and again, it gets very dark with some of the stuff it's exploring in there, like the kind of the racial bigotry and um, and all the stuff in that. I love the kissing Kate Barla stuff. I think it's brilliant. Um, and yeah, it kind of all kind of mixes together. And again, it's. It's mature, yet again, it's quite joyful and it's fun. Um, and I think it's just got that right balance for me of everything that I would want from from a film and a kids' film. It's not; it doesn't again it doesn't talk down to you, it doesn't patronize you. It's like these, you know, they these kids could die out there. They could get bit, bitten by these lizards. They could die of thirst. Yeah, those lizards you know. are freaky. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's literally a guy shooting a gun around the camp. They could get shot at any point. Like it's, it, you know, it's it's definitely it has that that serious aspect to it and like the the bullying that goes on and the the stuff the kind of usual like new fish prison stuff like oh well uh you're gonna give me your pudding and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna you know um we don't we don't see all this stuff that happens in adult prison films thank god um not not disney appropriate um but yeah i i think mike picked an absolute belter with this one i agree i think the performances are are good i think john voight unfortunately became mr sir as he got older um which is a real shame um but yeah i i I think this is a banger. Absolutely. Lots of fun. Silly, fun, but serious all at the same time. This all Freaky Friday are my two favourites for different reasons, but I think they're both amazing. Yeah. Have you seen this film before? I'm interested. Yes, I have Ooh. very much so. Um, I've seen all of these films before. Yep, Holes saw, again, a long time ago. Much Brighton! All of you. Uh, Brighton! <laughs> Brighton! Um, <laughs> I went to Brighton and I watched Holes. Um <laughs> I love this film. It's great. I'll keep it quick because we've really got to wrap up. But um, yeah, absolutely love this film. I've seen it before. Again, sort of one that's sort of on rotation or when it was on. You know, this is a classic weekend film. It's on, oh, Holes is on. Oh, it's 10 minutes in. Oh, I end up watching the whole thing. Um, Again, I'm with you. I love all the Western and prison tropes, all of those sort of things and how they're 
I was going to say diluted for a younger audience, but I don't actually think mm. they are. I mean, I don't know if any of you have read the book. I it's based on a book, which is fantastic. Um, so I actually read the book first and then found out there was a film about it and then watched the film. Um, and I love how it explores how we tell stories and how we pass those stories down. And there's like these fairy tale elements to the stories that they're telling uh, or fantastical elements to the stories that they're telling. I love, and I, I, this is probably a bit stronger in the book, but I love how the adults and the children rename themselves to sort of mm. disassociate to the world around them. It's really interesting. And and then Zero and Stanley don't do that and how that sort of separates them from everybody else. They've got the joy, they've got the hope, even Zero, who's you know had this horrible life. And the fact that it explores homelessness for a young black boy and his black mother and those situations that people can get in and you know it's not their fault and that lot he feels at losing his mother I think is again really unusual for a children's film um the way that the, the children are forced to do this labor for an adult's desire and this adult's desire is something that's been taken from her talking about generational trauma generational trauma from her dad um and grandfather you know and how it's passed down is really interesting and I think there's a lot to explore there and then I think the most important for me thing when I'm watching this especially now is we don't often get to see male friendship on screen and healthy male friendship and I think that's really wonderful like the love between the, the platonic love between these two boys is really wonderful to see and we don't get any distasteful jokes around it or anything like that. It's just a very loving friendship. They have a romance. Romance doesn't have to be sexual, you know. <laughs> um, and I think that's so amazing to see. And I think what a positive thing for children and teenagers and parents of those children and teenagers who are watching this to see on screen. And I just think that's really important and unusual and I also think we get something about the worlds that the boys at this camp get to live in you know Stanley is an outlier in the camp he is his family's not rich but they're fine you know and they're all right but the rest of the boys in this camp have had traumatic lives and are at a disadvantaged position it's about class right and how the camp takes advantage of these people because they see boys from their backgrounds as meaning nothing. But we see that these boys are actually really important and they have families and they will create their own family to survive. You know, one of them is like, tell my mum, you know, I love her and all of that sort of thing. And I also think it's just these small things going through this film that again, much like some of the stuff we talk about in Freak, I was talking about in Freaky Friday, it's really unusual and really important to see. Um, it's a great film. I Freaky Friday is my favourite out of the four that we've seen. And then it's Holes, I think, is a really great film. Go and read the book if you haven't. Go watch the Holes if you haven't. And then Sky High and then Bed, bed Knobs and Broomsticks for me. Good. Good stuff. We did it. We did it. We are... Uh... 
we've come to an end of another lovely Disney discussion. Uh, but what, pray tell, is next? <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, last year, Dan, last batch, Dan's was the weird and films that had a bit of up and downs to them. So what's what's um, Megan's going to be? All of these are fantastic movies. Are they, I hope anyone anyone that says otherwise is a liar. So we're going to watch High School Musical 1, High School Musical 2, and High School Musical 3. Woohoo! Woo! I actually own the CD of, I used to own the CD of the first High School Musical. So I was, me and Megan. I am we, fucking buzzing. Our generation <laughs> was wrapped up in that. Is, so that, is, that, is that when you weren't telling people you were watching That's So Raven? You're like, I have the CD, <laughs> but no one will ever know. I'll put that headphones in exactly. and no one will hear me hearing it. That is exactly what happened at that age, yes. I didn't tell anyone I had the High School Musical CD or how much I enjoyed some of the songs in High School Musical 2, including Hey Bata Bata, Hey Bata Bata Swing. not a very good one, but we can but, discuss that. But High School Musical, guys, everyone, that's what we're going to listen to, guys and gals. Ugh. High School Musical 1, 2, and 3. Right. Your boy! That's just Sharpe. That's all I'm saying. Well, uh, well, and we'll have to get the deleted scene. We'll have to make sure Dan at least sees the oh deleted scene. Oh my God, that song. deleted scene is awful. I don't even want to put we that on you. We have to make that's sure awful. that's spoken about. I'll, the deleted I'll find, scene I'll find from High School it. Musical 2 I'll is find vile. It. I'll find it. I mean, I mean, if I'm gonna suffer, at least we're all in this together. Like this, <laughs> all in this together. I know that bit. <laughs> I know that song. I know that song. But yeah, but at least, at least we can suffer together. And then for another Disney discussions, we can go watch the stage production of it. <laughs> oh, not not the High School Musical, the musical show, or what? No, 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 not that. But you, could, I, I've seen High School Musical as a musical. I saw it at the Mayflower, which really? is the theatre. Yeah. Huh. And I, I, thought you, I thought you were going to say, let's do Camp Rock next. I made, made Mike watch, watch that the See, other why, day. Why wouldn't Camp we? She made me watch Camp Rock is a Camp... fucking fantastic film. Okay. I've not, I've not seen any of them. I will it's hold, the wish version. Yeah, I will it's hold, you keep it yourself, I will hold good to it. I'll hold just yeah, the, it's the wish yeah. version. Yeah. It's cool. It's the wish <laughs> version of High School Musical. We'll so see. it's like, we'll if you love High School Musical, it's kind of more of that. If you hate High School Hey, I watch all sorts. I watch Lady Bird. I watch Cannibal Holocaust. You know, we I, I try it all out. I mean, I'm, I'm up for anything. So I could end up loving these. Love Freaky Friday. Love Sky High. You know, I love most of those. So it could happen. It could happen. Minds can be changed. Things yeah. can happen. Um, right. Well, where can everybody find everybody's stuff? Grits Gets Fit. Instagram. Pa- in- Patreon. Bosh. Nice. Genuine chit chat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Subscribe on YouTube and stuff. And um, yeah, you can find the Disney Discussions playlist over there as well. If you want to listen to all the amazing episodes we've done. Yeah. At Femon Collective, at Rear Carrigan, Instagram. Done. Boom. <laughs> Spider Dan and SecretBalls.com. <laughs> go, go to all the places. They're all good in the show notes. Blah, blah, blah. Right. We'll see you next time. We're going back to high school. Bye. Woo! Yeah, <laughs>